Hey, it's Living Cola. Welcome to Casualty of Love's Apologies. Each week, I'll be reading chapters from my book, C-O-L-A. This podcast is rated R for relatable. What I found when writing was how freeing it allowed me to be. My prayer is that as you listen to this story, you will find your own peace and freedom. It may be a bumpy ride, but we'll get through this together. It starts right now. Chapter 5 Kwasi Sustain me with raisin cakes. Refresh me with apples because I am sick with love. Songs of Solomon 2 5 People say the truth will set you free. I'm not sure I believe that 100% because for me, dealing with the truth that I've been raped, used, and dashed left me in a state of devastation. I had too many unanswered questions. A lot of emotions all at once, not to mention how many times I tried to block out my aunt's boyfriend. I was having nightmares. After the embarrassing failed meet and greet with Kwasi, I had to have a sit down with my parents. They gave me a hard time about how late he showed up and how late he stayed at the house. Then, I endured countless interrogating questions about who he was and where I knew him from. Geez, okay, can we stop with the questions now? A few days later, my mom still hadn't let it go. So he's African? Yep. Just be careful of Africans, she said. Where does he live? He lives in Toronto, I replied. And he came all this way from Toronto just down to see you? Wow, gee, thanks, Mom. Yes, he did. The tone in her voice implied, why would some guy come all the way from Toronto just to come hang out with you? Toronto was at least 40 minutes to an hour away from where we lived by driving, and by bus it was at least two to three hours away. Apparently, according to her, I wasn't worthy of that dedication. That felt pretty shitty. He accepted me. Even though I told him about being molested and about being raped, he still wanted to see me. I thought that was special. And Mother pretty much just crushed all my positive thinking. We just couldn't get along. My mind kept replaying her asking to send me to a group home, not to mention that she often said things without thinking. I felt insecure about my weight around her. As a nurse, she always had stories of patients who were overweight or too heavy to lift or who came in with complications due to weight. She would say, try not to get to to that size. I'll do my best. I borrowed my sister's shirt one day when my mother saw me in it, despite the fact that it fit. She said, make sure you don't stretch out her clothes. But I'm not stretching it out, though. Again, I felt like shit. Shut up. I never knew what to say back, so often I said nothing. I did everything to stay away from home, even involved myself in school as much as I could. When I was at home, I either locked myself in my room or on the phone, or I was in the basement on the computer. I lived in isolation. I saw my family only when I had to. It wasn't hard because I went to school during the day, I saw them for dinner, and they were off for work. Kwasi lived with a single mother who worked a lot, meaning he was often left at home. He was often left alone too. He moved around a lot, so there was never anything really stable in his life except for when he was with me. In order to hang out together without the drama, I would invite him over when my parents went for work. I mean, since he can't come when they're home, he'll come later. 
I had everything down to a science. My mom worked various times, always leaving between 7.30 and 11 p.m. and returning by 8.30 a.m. It was my father's timing that I had to be more cautious of. My father would leave around 11.20 p.m., meaning Kwasi would have to aim to be at my house for 11.30 p.m., right as my dad left. If he came early, he would have to hide in the backyard and wait by the back door. A few times, I would turn off the house alarm and sneak him into my room. My dad snored loudly, and it would mask the sound of the alarm. Even when he was awake and left for work, he would rarely ever check my room. In the morning, he would have to be awake by 6 a.m. to ensure Kwasi was able to leave and be long gone before my parents came home so I could put the alarm back on. He was the first man that I was with since the rapes. We waited to have sex. My virginity was already gone, so there was nothing really special about having sex, but at least I had a choice, and it was with someone I really cared about. My first time with him hurt. Apparently, I was still pretty tight, and he had to work his way in there. It didn't take long before we were having sex two, three times a night, and he came to my house as often as he could. We were always careful to clean up all the mess and not to leave any evidence of anything. I really enjoyed spending time with him because every night after we had sex, he slept with me. He would hold me. He made me feel comfortable. The first time, he looked at me and he said, I love you. <laughs> I couldn't stop smiling. Oh, man. He loves you. Girl, he loves you. Not just once, but many times he said he loves me. I loved him, too. My first love. I never knew what love was, but he made me feel different. I meant something to him. I could call him any time and he was there, always. I would do anything to spend time with him. One time I thought my father was going to work, but he wasn't, and Kwasi was already on his way down. When he arrived to my house, I turned off the alarm system and snuck him in through the back door. We waited in the basement until I thought my dad had left, but I never heard the alarm go off to indicate he left. I guess he stayed home sick. I snuck him up to my room regardless. I wasn't afraid of getting caught. I loved being around him. We we are sex anywhere and everywhere. My favorite song at the time was 112, Anywhere. We can do it anywhere. I connected with it and me and him made it our song. I was adventurous, even a little freaky. The thrill of it made it all made life all less boring. I never thought about anything else but being happy. When I was with Kwasi, everything seemed right. But after all the fun, I wanted more. I wanted him to come chill, watch movies, go on dates. Hey, what if the next time you come, we just chill, no sex? Why would we do that, he answered. Ouch, okay, so I'm thinking, you mean he can't come down if we don't fuck? That's all I am to him? So he says, it's it's a long bus ride down there just to chill. So you don't want to see me if we're not having sex. Is that all you want from me? No, but come on, why do we got to change how things are? Such a small conversation turned into a bigger argument. He really don't think it's worth to come down if we're not having sex. Wow, okay, well, fuck him too then. It was clear that sex was the only thing that kept him coming to me. I mean, I know I was good, but damn. I was pretty sure I was good at being his girlfriend, too. There's other things that I can do besides laying on my damn back. That one fight ended our whole relationship. I thought he loved me. Nope, 
He loved my pussy. I didn't know how to deal, but I was hurt, and I missed him in that conversation terribly. My first love and my first heartbreak. Hey, I'm Paula. Thank you so much for listening. It's truly been a blessing. You can find copies of this book at livingcola.com. You can connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. Please join me next week as I continue to read chapters from Casualty of Love's Apologies.